Chabo was a colony of vagabonds. Every soul in Chabo was running from something. People of disrepute who, if their feet were to touch the dust of any city or settlement in the savannah belt, would be pounced upon and sent into a forever darkness. Those who lacked ambition, aspiration, or resourcefulness, making Chabo the only place on the continent that would not eat them alive for it. Those who moved between worlds, who needed a place of dishonor that operated by its own rules to pause and rethink their strategies. Chabo asked nothing of those who came. There were no councils, no civic guards, no warrant chiefs, no vigilantes, no peace officers. Nothing but a haphazard collection of rogue communes in the western armpit of the Savannah Belt. It was generally agreed that any soul without a wish to be absorbed into this colony was to remain on the northward trade routes that sprouted from Chugoko, a real city. It was advised not to turn even one's neck westward, let alone one's quagga. Except, of course, if one wanted to turn their sights on Chabo in search of something that did not wish to be found. Five moon cycles into the second season of the Red Emperor, a wagon carrying five men turned westward like so, sidling the Soke Mountains and border moats and set themselves upon the lonely roads west to Chabo. Each man was dressed in armored hunt-hand garb, skirts, chest plates, iron headwear, and bore a short spear and long blade. Faces half-shielded by veils, eyes alone betraying grim temperament. In their wagon, shackles, blindfolds, and iron crossbolt. They rode in the open wagon and spat in the browning grass by the wayside, not an eye taken off the roads, minds focused on the colony ahead of them. They camped without event on the first day, by the next day, they came upon the first person they had seen in a long time, a wrinkled old desert lander who sat in the dust and batted flies from his lips. They kicked aside his alms bowl and shoved a worn leaflet into his nose. In the name of the Red Emperor, tell us what you know of this. The leader of the hunt hands, a dark man with tribal marks etched into his cheeks, remnants of his hinterland origins, said in halting savannah common. The almsman cocked his head and licked his dry, cracked lips. He squinted at the sheet of paper, struggling to make out the faint markings in the glare of the sun. It was unclear what language the words were written in. Besides, the man couldn't read. He shrugged after trying, pointed at his ear, then at his head, to say he understood neither their words nor the markings. We seek the jolly who made this, said the leader, switching to a smoother border pigeon more easily understood. We are led to believe it came from Chabo. The almsman shrugged again. The leader smacked him on the cheek. Listen, you millipede, he said. This jolly and his accomplices are fugitives of the Red Emperor. If you have seen a shashi in Chabo, you better tell us now. When the almsman struggled to process the word shashi, the leader added, He rides a dead bat that is not dead and can call on lightning. He may be traveling with a yellow skin. The almsman blinked at that, then stifled a chuckle, 
and that was all it took. One of the men punched him in the face and broke his nose. They left him bleeding into the dry grass, red reflecting in the hard heat of noon. Next, they came upon a nomadic group of cattle and goat rearers. They stopped and asked the same questions. The rearers, a ragtag group of poorly armed men, said they sounded ridiculous. A bat riding shashi and a yellow skin? They had walked the length and breadth of this savanna belt and had never seen such things. They waved the hunt hands aside and asked to be left alone. One of the hunt hands took off his veil to reveal his mouth, lips sewn shut, copper wires crisscrossing top to bottom, leaving dark reddish patterns where they pierced. Immediately, the nomads saw this. They fell to their knees, heads bowed in the sand. 